Well, that is more like it. Hello and welcome to the special Friday night edition of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every day or night in the case of today's podcast. I thought it would be prudent to wait until after uh, Boston's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs here on Friday night. Uh, since they're back in action tomorrow night, Saturday, against the Washington Capitals. So uh, we'll begin the show here in a moment just by taking a look at the Bruins' win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. And later on, we'll be talking to Nikki Giordano of Pucker Up Sports and the host of the Locked On Capitals podcast about uh, tomorrow night's game and uh, some other things as well, some hot topics, if you will. Uh, but first, I wanted to mention that you can... Follow the show, as always, on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can find me at uh, ENC McLaren. And follow the show uh, by subscribing, downloading, listening, rating, reviewing on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, uh, wherever else you get your podcasts. It would be greatly appreciated. Again, this is the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every day. Uh, Let's get into it, shall we? Excuse me if I'm perhaps speaking a bit quieter than usual. I have three children and my spouse sleeping upstairs, so I'm trying to keep it a little low-key tonight. Uh, Kind of fits with the Friday night vibe of the show. Um, Yeah, Bruins, 4-2 winners over the Toronto Maple Leafs here on Friday night. As you recall, the Bruins entered this game having lost four in a row. Uh, two of those in regulation, one in a shoot, two in a shootout, actually. Uh, the Canadians, Red Wings, Flyers, Panthers, dating back to the 5th of November. They march into Toronto and they emerge victorious by a score of 4-2. to two. The Maple Leafs perhaps deserved a better fate in this one. They uh, dominated possession uh, with 67. Ooh, Tough number for the Leafs, but 67 uh, shot attempts in 5-on-5 play compared to the Bruins with 52 in 5-on-5 play total. It was a 74-64 advantage, so a 54% to 46% advantage. But uh, that's, of course, according to HockeyStats.ca, which is a great website to track individual games. Uh, But yeah, it was the Bruins who came out on top thanks to goals by uh, Charlie Coyle in the first period. Uh, then Brad Marchand scored twice in the third, uh, and Zdeno Chara capped it with an empty netter. Scoring for the Maple Leafs were Austin Matthews on a bit of a debatable uh, review for a high stick. I think the NHL ruling was that part of his stick was above the crossbar, but the part that made contact with the puck prior to going to the net was not above the crossbar, so I guess it kind of makes sense, but uh, a bit of a, a interesting call there, but probably the right one in the end. Um, what else is there to be said about this game? Uh, the shot advantage was 34-31 for the Bruins, uh, despite the fact uh, the Maple Leafs had most of the attempts. Um, the two goals scored by Brad Marchand were uh, very... Uh, shall we say, lax defense on the part of the Maple Leafs, uh, which is something that I guess we've become accustomed to seeing 
when these two teams play from time to time, usually it was Jake Gardner who was the whipping boy, but tonight it was uh, Morgan Riley who made a bit of a soft play on Marshan's zone entry on the uh, what was the go-ahead goal at the time to make it 2-1, 11 seconds into the third. And then uh, Marshan was able to uh, quite easily collect his own rebound and get uh, his second of the game and the eventual game winner. Um, so nice to see the Bruins take advantage of that. Your scoring leaders for the Bruins tonight were Charlie Coyle with a very solid game. He saw 19 minutes of ice time, scored a goal, added an assist with also three shots and goal. He had the primary assist on Marshan's game-winning goal. Marshan, of course, had the two goals. And he led the Bruins with seven shots on goal. Rask with 29 uh, saves on 31 shots for a 935 uh, save percentage in this one for the Leafs. Kasperi Kapanen had a very strong game. He scored a goal uh, with four shots. Matthews had the goal on five shots. Uh, and Anderson went 30 for 33 with a 909 save percentage. Um, and ultimately, it was the Bruins who came out on top. And they will be back in action on Saturday um, to face the Washington Capitals, who played the Montreal Canadiens here on Friday night and actually lost to the Canadiens 5-2. to two. So um, the Washington Capitals, uh, as Nikki and I will get into here in a moment, were the top team heading into Friday night's action. I, I believe uh, they'll still be first overall heading into Saturday. They have a bit of a chip on their shoulders after losing to the Canadians. Um, the Bruins seem to be getting back on track here after those four straight losses and uh, will look to keep it going uh, against the uh, Capitals on um, Saturday night. Uh, another note, the Maple Leafs now have only two regulation wins in their last 14 games after uh, this loss to the Bruins, uh, which you hate to see. Uh, like I mentioned the other day, they were sixth in point percentage in the Atlantic Division. After this loss, uh, they are, let's see here, down to fourth place uh, in the division in terms of points with Buffalo and Tampa Bay one and two points behind respectively. And the Bruins, I mean, sorry, the Leafs now have a negative goal differential uh, on the season as well. So, Interesting times for the Leafs. They were without Mitch Marner, uh, Alex Kerfoot, and they lost Trevor Moore during the game. But as we know, the Bruins are battling their own injury issues with Jake DeBrusque out, uh, Zach Senishin out, although you know nobody would have expected that to make much of a difference. Uh, but uh, also missing Tory Krug, which is pretty significant. Um, so yeah, all that to say, let us now move on to my conversation with Nikki Giordano. She is the uh, founder of Pucker Up Sports. We've had a couple of their writers on so far. She's also the host of the Locked On Capitals podcast. You can find her at Nikki Giordano underscore on Twitter and uh, at LO underscore Capitals for their uh, podcast as well. Uh, we talk about the Bruins and the Capitals a little bit, and then we touch on some other topics uh, such as um, Don Cherry, Austin Matthews' legal troubles as well, which he has a really interesting perspective on. So, uh, yeah, let's jump into that now and then uh, come back afterwards just to wrap up the show and, and see what's uh, going on here heading into Saturday. Hi, Nikki. How are you doing? 
I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I, I'm not uh, as fortunate as you to be in Boston right now. I, you're you're there to to take in the game tomorrow night. I am. Yeah, it's my first time seeing a game in Boston too, so I'm really excited. That's very cool. Have you been Have you been there before? Just to hang yeah. out, do other stuff. Yeah. So I am. When I was younger, I lived in Mass, um, in a town oh, called cool. Hadley. So not like oh, okay. super close to the city, but I did live up here. Um, and I've been up here uh, quite a few times, but not recently. So I'm excited. Cool. Um, I spent four summers working at a camp in Maine, and then uh, oh, cool. We would we would go into Boston every once in a while on like our, our breaks and stuff. But I've never actually mm-hmm. been in <laughs> during hockey season. Uh, yeah, like, I've ever seen the Bruins live is like in. Ottawa or Toronto or Buffalo so it's I'm dying to get down there to to see an actual game yeah you have to take in the atmosphere I hear it's a great time so I'm really excited I know that Boston fans kind of have a reputation but I'm a Patriots fan so I feel like I'm just like one of them even though I'm not a not a Bees fan but yeah at least relate to them on some level (laughs) yeah yeah for sure now, I guess we should say we're recording this conversation before Friday night's action. So both the Bruins are playing the Leafs tonight. The Capitals are playing the Canadians. So, uh, you know, we won't be able to give, like, a true preview of Saturday's game, I suppose. But it shouldn't be too uh, problematic unless there's, like, a major injury or something like that. But Knock um, on wood. <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched – too many Capitals games this season. Uh, I know they're, um, you know, I think they're, are they still in first place overall? Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, they're in first in Metro. Um, I believe, unless anything changed, I, I believe they're on top of the of the league as well. Um, right. And they're in pretty comfortable first place in the Metro with 32 points. So, yeah. They've just been rolling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what, uh, what do you think is the, the main driving force behind that is it like Carlson's hot start or I don't know I, the team doesn't they don't strike me as like as talented as they were when they won the cup maybe I don't know if that's off base but um yeah, I think that. they just have a really a really solid team um I covered the Hershey Bears with credentials last year so I was in the press oh, cool. box there a lot so I saw a lot of these young guys developing and I think that you know just the average hockey fan even hockey fans who you know are really into it they just don't get an opportunity to watch some of the younger guys um so i think a lot of people a lot of caps fans were surprised that some of these younger guys are doing a hell of a job um segan baller has been really great for the capitals um that's kind of someone that i think kind of flew under the radar for a little while um obviously yeah john carlson has just had he has 30 points so far we're not even halfway through november so that's been a huge uh, reason for the capital success. But I think they're just kind of playing a full team effort. Everything's flowing. Um, I agree with your statement. The Capitals have had maybe more talented teams in the past, but they always struggled with kind of playing a full 60 minutes. Um, mm. Defense struggled a lot. I think our defense right now is is doing really well, which is helping. They're giving Holpe um, and Samson off some help. And I also think that the Capitals are relying a little bit more on Samsonov than they have in other backup goalies. I feel like he's kind of getting 
a good number of games, which is great because Holtby really does need that rest. Um, right, yeah. I think they've, like, worked Holtby way too much. So, yeah, I think it's a combination of everything. I'm also a really big fan of Todd Reardon and his coaching style. So, right. um, I don't know if maybe that has something to do with it, but it's great. I just hope we're not blowing off our steam too early. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. That's a big thing I've talked about on the Bruins podcast is, like, the luxury – the Bruins have of having um, two two goalies who can like start on any given night. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I think it'll be Halak playing against the Capitals on Saturday, but um, there hasn't been like a real noticeable drop off between starting who you think would be the number one and then starting the number two. So having yeah, yeah Samsonov come in there and be able to do that is is uh, is really big, not only for right now, I guess, but kind of keeping Holby fresh for, for down the stretch too, eh? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think it's great because, you know, we don't really know what Holby's future with the Capitals is, as sad as that is to say. Um, so right. I think it's great that they're giving Samson off like a real shake because there's a very real possibility that he is our starter um, in the future. So I think is that it, they're just doing a great job. Is Holby a free agent this coming summer or the next summer? Um. It's just uh, with the salary cap. And next, he's afraid oh, okay. this coming summer with Backstrom. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's like the chances of, you know, with the recent contracts that goalies have gotten, um, right. Holby obviously is going to look for something similar. And because we have to sign Backstrom as well, um, someone's going to have to take a cut. Um, yeah. The Capitals have said, you know, it's not impossible that they keep both. But it's just it's really hard I mean someone's gonna have to yeah. make a significant a significant pay cut there so I guess it kind of depends you know if the Caps go and win another cup this year I mean will that play into it sure for sure but I'm not really I, I think that they're gonna prioritize Backstrom over Holtby and I think that's the smart thing to do yeah um, I mean I'm not a super expert but I think that you know it's we could find we have decent goalies in our system more than decent we have I mean, we have Vitek, Samsonov, and Copley right now, so right. Um, I think Backstrom will be their priority. I, I I forgot about that. I mean, if if Sergey Bobrovsky can get whatever ten million dollars, yeah, without, he doesn't even have Holtby's resume. You'd you'd have to think Holtby could at least command that in yeah, the open market. Sure. That's that's nuts. Yeah, it's, I, it's I forgot it was. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a different – the Caps have a lot of, of stresses to look forward to in the coming years because they're an older team. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, they're really – they're on a push to get one or two more with, with this core group of guys, you know, while, you know, Ovi, Oshi, Backstrom, you know, Kuznetsov. I think that they have the talent for sure to get right. another one or a couple, but it's just about, you know, the longevity of it. Keeping sure. a solid season something the Capitals have struggled with, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, keeping that level of play throughout, including the playoffs. Um, yeah, I, it's not really that – it's not that dissimilar from the same situation the Bruins are in, really, with uh, the aging core, some kids stepping in to kind of offset yeah. that. But, yeah, there's only so many – only so many kicks at the cup, I guess, you get, so to speak. And, yeah, I would imagine – I mean, right now, those – our two teams seem like the 
the cream of the crop in the in the east and it could easily come Definitely. down to to either one of those two teams when it's in the going to the final but i mean you never know obviously with regular season success doesn't always translate but it's yeah. been it's getting big good starts for uh for both teams early on the bruins are struggling a bit right now and i'm hoping they'll be able to turn that around tonight against the maple leafs but um, I'm, I'm excited about the game on Saturday night for sure. It should be a good one. Yeah, I think it'll be one of the best games of the season. Um, you know, over on the schedule, I think the talent-wise, it's a really great matchup. Um, and I think as what I kind of realized last night is really great is they're kind of coming the similar. They've played a similar amount of games this week. They're both coming off the back-to-back, so you know they have similar rest, which you know I find interesting because it kind of just evens the playing ground a little bit, so to speak. Uh, right. But I think it'll be a great game. Here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, we often talk about player performance, but that's not the only performance that might be on your mind. If you want to avoid awkward doctor's office visits when you're looking to up your game, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew has the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you'll be ready to play a full 60, and maybe even overtime. And because it's chewable, BlueChew works fast, and you'll never have to worry about being good to go. Made in the USA, Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in discreet packaging, making the whole process easy, convenient, and cheaper than pharmacy alternatives. Right now, we've got a special deal for listeners of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Promo code locked on to try Blue Chew for free. Blue Chew makes it easy for you to perform with confidence. Now, while I have you, I wanted to see if you wanted to chat about some non Bruins Capitals related things. I haven't really had a chance to, to um, talk to anybody this week about uh, the Don Cherry situation or even uh, Austin Matthews's um, charges yeah. being dismissed. Uh, today do you want to chat about that for a couple of minutes sure yeah cool yeah um, i mean i'd be interested in your perspective on on the don cherry thing it being you know an american um a woman in hockey he's had some comments in the past about you know women being in the locker rooms and stuff like that and how he disagreed with that yeah. and the way things have played out this week i've been pretty vocal on twitter in my support of sportsnet's decision i don't know if you saw, I just saw a couple of minutes ago, um, Steve Simmons from the Toronto Sun, whatever his reports are worth, but he's saying that um, he's hearing that Ron McLean might not be part of Hockey Night in Canada tomorrow night, and he might be removed moving forward or removing himself moving forward. So that's an interesting wrinkle on that as well um, yeah but yeah well, I just was what's your what are your thoughts on the whole thing and the state of yeah. state of hockey culture um so I've been pretty vocal about my disdain for Don Cherry um mm-hmm. I'm a pretty big you know hockey is for everyone and women's rights activist especially in sports so totally. I think that you know this was a really long time coming um and I know that he is a staple in Canada I get that but you can't preach that hockey is for everyone and have someone like that at the forefront of mm. your coverage. Uh, it just makes people uncomfortable. It, you know, if you're tuning in to Hockey Night in Canada and, you know, you're someone that is watching for the first time, 
and you're a minority in any aspect, that's going to make you not really want to get into the sport. And that's just not okay. So sure. I think that it's a long time coming. I think that they did the right thing. But what bothers me a little bit is that I don't think they fired him for his comments. I think they mm. fired him because of the backlash that they got on various forms of social media. Um, because quite simply, if they really, uh, you know, their views didn't align, they wouldn't have kept him for so long. I think right. it's just they finally realized they couldn't get away with it anymore. So, mm. yeah, it's great. But I think that hockey in general has a lot of work to do, um, you know, in, in the U.S. and Canada, I mean, it's all across the board. Uh, there's just, you know, it's not a space where everyone feels comfortable. And it's not just hockey. I mean, it's it's all sports. Um, it's just, you know, it's definitely a good boys, you know, good old boys club. So, I mean, I think that there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And, you know, that's kind of something that I focus a lot on. And I think it's, you know, it's an effort. It's going to take a long time. And, you know, it's going to take a lot of people being really vocal about it. And just kind of stating how they feel and working for change. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, I think I'm ecstatic that he was fired. I think that he needs to take a long, hard look at himself, which he won't do. I mean, he's not ever going to no, change. No, he he's been doubling down so, all week. Yeah, I mean, and which is just that to me. I don't understand how anyone could support him at this point. You know, right. it's not like he did one off color comment and you know everyone attacked him no he's been allowed this for a while and yeah. you know it's not it goes beyond political views i mean it's just he's not a good person deep down yeah. um so and then like as a woman in sports you know i don't i wouldn't want to work around him either you know i wouldn't want right. to hear him any capacity because i would know that he didn't view me as equal um you know or didn't like that i was in sports so I just, yeah, it's been a long time coming, and hopefully they, I'm curious about who, who his replacement will be. Yeah. I've kind of been keeping up with that chatter a bit, but. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you. That I don't think it was the worst thing he's ever said, sadly, to even suggest that that's not the worst thing he said. I mean, exactly. there, was yeah. a, there was a video going around on Twitter last night, I think, with him speaking about immigration and all this kind of stuff and it was from like 1992 yep and yeah it, it sounded exactly it. like a, a donald trump rally or something so it's oh it's yeah been a long I time mean, coming yeah yeah and uh, that's yeah. just and that's sad because that's what not to excuse people for having small minds but like that's what young kids have been listening to that are yeah. you know watching hockey or what like their whole lives so for you sure. know you wonder what these young players are you know, get into trouble and it doesn't excuse them in any which way. They're responsible for their own actions. But yeah. when you have people like that, just, you know, that's just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's really frustrating. And I just think they need to do better um, yeah. as a whole. Uh, both countries really need to do a better job of making the sport more diverse and, you know, making it more comfortable and accommodating for everyone because the hockey family is a great family when you feel comfortable in it. You know, they do right. a lot of a lot of work for each other, you know, when there's tragedy strikes, just like in Humboldt, like they come together, like sure. a true family, everyone should have, um, you know, to be able to get, be a part of that and have a sense of what that feels like. Right. I mean, my, I have uh, actually three boys now who have all started hockey at different levels. None okay. of them have uh, watched Hockey Night in Canada or watched Don Cherry in the past. I, like a lot of the people who were defending him or angry about him being fired are people who, like you said, like grew up watching him. He's part of their hockey culture. And I'm kind of yeah. glad that my boys aren't 
old enough to really have like I even asked my oldest like was anybody talking about Don Cherry at school and he's like who uh, and he's yeah. uh, like nine years old and we ha- we're really lucky to have a hockey league here that's like very inclusive with um, coaches and players from like all different backgrounds all awesome. genders everything like that so it's I'm glad that that won't be part of their hockey experience um, yeah. yeah it's just I really unfortunate that he was around so long he should have been yeah. deposed a long time ago. <laughs> exactly. That's why even like Sportsnet is kind of asking like all high and mighty and, you know, like they're doing what's good for everyone. I'm like, you should, yeah. should have done this a long time ago. Yeah, like, exactly. Like you really just realized that you couldn't do this anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it was going to be way worse. So, yeah. yeah. Totally. But I mean, I think it's changing a little bit. I do think that, you know, kids that are growing up now that hopefully it's, it's a little bit different. I think there are a lot of fantastic people who are working really hard to make a change. And, you know, that's all any, any major change takes is just people that are passionate about it. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I also just wanted to touch on the, on the Austin Matthews thing. It's been, it was something that was a big story back in training camp at the beginning of the season kind of went away. And then it came back last night when it was announced the, I guess the, Charges of disorderly conduct, disruptive behavior were dismissed. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know. His he came out on Friday and had, uh, I think it was a decent apology. He said he he wanted to reiterate how sorry he was for his actions and his behavior, which to me is uh, an improvement over, you know, apologizing if anyone was offended by my actions. And then he also said yeah. that he never meant to cause distress to this woman. He's learned from his mistakes and actions, something he's going to strive every day to be a better person in every aspect of his life. Um, yeah. I just want to know your thoughts on that whole situation and, and what, uh, you know, he's, he's really being pushed as like a face of the league. Is this something yeah. we can, we can move on from or is it something that will linger Rightfully so, I think, as something that, that happened and to to kind of move on from for all of us. So, so I think this was tricky for me because when it happened, mm-hmm. I was outraged. I mean, I still am outraged. I think it was sure. disgusting. I do think that it was um, – I'm trying to think of the right wording. I think that it was assault on some level. Um, I, I, You know, obviously, he didn't touch her. Um, he didn't force himself on her, and I understand that. It wasn't – the severity of it was not – was not, you know, there. But the fact that he scared a woman, that is what makes me really uncomfortable. Um, And I think it just kind of goes into that whole locker room culture and they kind of feel like they're on top of the world and can do what they want. Um, You know, being a woman, being a woman in the middle of the night is scary in general. I live in a really good part of DC. I walked through my car today to drive to the airport at 4 a.m. I felt nervous and uncomfortable. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, men don't feel that too, but as a woman in the middle of the night, you're already in a vulnerable place. So for someone to capitalize on that, I think them trying to get into her car and scaring her was worse than the actual mooning itself. Um, sure, yeah. And I think that that can be really traumatizing for someone. And I think that people who are kind of downplaying that, I don't think that's cool in any right. Um, I also, do I think he's inherently evil? No, not at all. Uh, do I sure. think he's a sexual predator? Again, no, not at all. And I don't want this to ruin his entire career. Um, right. It's kind of the first thing that has come out that he's, you know, done. Again, one time is too many. I'm not trying to lighten that situation at all. Sure. Yep. It's gross. And I've been really vocal about how gross I think it is. Um, 
But I think also, like, I, I haven't heard that second apology, so I'll have to listen to that. Yeah, I think but it just... Better. He was talking about practice. <laughs> he was talking about practice this morning, I think. Uh, I first saw it from Kristen Shilton, I think, from, from TSN. She had a, a thing on it. So, okay. yeah, I, yeah, I thought I mean, it was uh, a pretty well-worded apology, whether it was crafted for him or it came from yeah. the heart. Like, who knows? But I think... Yeah, like I said before, it's so easy to default to like, oh, I'm sorry if anybody was offended by my behavior, but it seems like he's yeah, really owning okay. it at least. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that he needs to be sorry for his actions, not that he upset someone. And I right. think he really needs to realize the severity of it because, you know, that is just, it's, it's not okay. It's scary and you're, you know, especially the fact that he has said, or I don't remember what exactly was said, but it was you know, he was trying to scare her. He was trying to get a right. reaction out of her. And, you know, he could say until, you know, his face turns blue that he didn't have ill intent, but she has no idea. You know, there's four guys or how many, you know, the group of them that are, you know, trying to get into her car. And then he, you know, comes up and pulls the stance down. She doesn't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and that can be, you know, really triggering and just cause a lot of issues down the road for her. So I think that I don't want it to get swept under the rug. I don't want it to be forgotten. I mean, obviously yeah. there's some type of, of check that he wrote to make it all go away. Um, and I don't want it to all go away. I think it should, you know, he should have to pay the consequences. And I think that, you know, the major consequence was he didn't get the C. Um, and I do think that played a really big role in that. Uh, I think he was kind of, he's, you know, immature. And what he did wasn't okay. And, you know, he'll, he's going to have to learn from that and grow. And hopefully he does see what mistakes are made. For sure, yeah. I mean, I, even if I, I was in that position, I would be, I would be freaked out if that was happening to me. Like, yeah, exactly. Late it's at night, that, if know, anybody's, yeah, it's just insane. Yeah. And they're big guys, you know. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Austin Matthews is a, a you know, scary-looking dude in the middle right. of the night trying to break your yeah. heart. So, <laughs> yeah, I just, it, it's not okay. And I don't think you know his excuse of I was drunk, I was young. That excuse is, is tired yeah, you know, yeah. to me. I'm like, that's not an excuse for anything because, you know, when no. I'm drunk, I just want to dance and like take tequila shots with my friends. I don't want to <laughs> try to Thanks again to Nikki women. for that. Uh, so, yeah. Chat. Uh, it's, always it's, great and a lot of times when you're drunk, you know, the truth people from around the hockey world. Out, and, uh, so I don't really like that excuse at all. Pleasures of um, hosting yeah. this podcast is to be able to chat with people that I follow on Twitter. You know, then it will be time for connections online and be the face of hockey. But yeah. I think he just Translate needs to work harder at being a better person and podcast not is, doing things like uh, that. Really and, you know, so, needs to, like you said, just truly uh, apologize like he did. Instead we're getting of just, too you know, deep into news and notes on this Friday, like Friday that, as, so. as we're already running a bit yeah, long here. Yeah, totally right this will be it. Uh, you know, not cool. Yeah, well, was there anything else you want to chat about? Or listen to this, but I will mention that Friday. I had said. During our cool. my chat with Nikki, well, that I Steve Simmons is really jealous to that you're going to be at the Ron game. McClain, I hope you have a great time. time. <laughs> and, thank you so much. Uh, Hockey Night Great to Ron McClain actually chat again next time uh, these two teams play at least. Uh, it'd be good to connect yeah. on Twitter. Down Twitter too. It's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Let me know. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. Take care. Steve. Not leaving Saturdays. That rumble likely comes from ideas early on I shared in processing everything. So erroneous reporting from Steve Simmons, which... It's incredibly shocking. Uh, never heard of that before. Other than that, um, yeah, I mentioned the Capitals lost to the Canadians here on Friday night. And uh, so those two teams will uh, meet tomorrow night as the 
top two teams in the Eastern Conference, I believe, unless, yeah, the Bruins jumped at the Islanders tonight. Uh, they have 28 points in 19 games, 12-3-4 record. Capitals are 14-3-4 in 21 games. The Islanders are only a point back of the Bruins and have two games in hand, so that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, the Bruins now lead the East with a plus 18 goal differential, uh, which is pretty impressive for them. Uh, I guess if you watch the Bruins game, you'll notice that the Hall of Fame class has gathered uh, to be inducted on Monday, I believe. Um, it will be Guy Carboneau, Baklav, Mendemansky, Haley Wickenheiser, Sergey Zuvov, and Jim Rutherford uh, were there on Friday, and Jerry York. Uh, he was the sixth member of the class. He was not there to get his ring as he was coaching uh, the University of Vermont against Boston College. Speaking of Steve Simmons, he had some disparaging remarks about York calling it idiotic for him not to attend, which I think we know where the idiocy lies in um, that statement. Um, so yeah, that's it for another week of the Lockdown Boston Bruins podcast. This has been episode 35. Uh, thank you so much to everyone uh, for listening. Again, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Uh, please follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can find me at ENC McLaren. And please download, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy Bruins Capitals on Saturday. And I'll talk to you all again on Monday morning. Peace.